This is Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And this is Jacob Ross with Longley Fertilia, and you are listening to the Herpeticulture Podcast, which is part of the Herpeticulture Network. Enjoy. No, no, we're not. But we are here for episode 201 of the Herpeticulture Podcast, part of the Herpeticulture Network, brought to you by blackboxcages.com. Check them out, Facebook, Instagram. Use that code THN at checkout if you're in the market for a rack or you're in the market for the cage, a cage. Maybe you're in the market for both. Uh, Hop on Blackbox. There have a giveaway uh i don't know i think they've started it let me double check <clears throat> let me look yeah i knew there was yes, one friday the, one. halloween giveaway at noon on friday the 13th so tomorrow is the 12th tomorrow is a giveaway so hop on over to black box's facebook page and instagram or if you're not on Facebook, obviously, either or or both, uh, and give them a follow to stay in the loop with what they're giving away. I mean, you um, should do both regardless. Not you just should for do the both. giveaway. You just gotta you gotta be in the loop, man. They're always doing stuff. They're always putting out. New they products. are. They have they have some stay new the stuff. Loop. They're gonna be dropping soon. Uh, that you should be staying, keeping your eyes peeled for. So go follow them on all those major platforms. And again, use the code THN at checkout and save yourself a little bit of money. Um, their pricing, you know, we've talked about is very competitive with, with other, very, other very, brands. Especially uh, when you add that 10%. That's right. That's right. You won't be disappointed with the quality. We all at the network stand by it. We love their stuff. We have their stuff. Can't speak highly enough of it. It really is great products. You like... The whole point, especially of like the XR16s and XR20s that Jake and I both use, is you don't have to upgrade your rack when your animals get bigger. Like, are you, you going to keep a full-grown female corn snake at a V35? Probably not. Yeah. But if you have hatchlings and you're raising them up, you can reasonably keep animals in that rack as they grow yeah. until they're, you know, what about the two year mark, depending on what we're dealing with. Yeah. And it really depends on what you have. Some of them will last, you know, it also depends on your feeding regimen. You know, my stuff is pretty small at three years. So I, I can probably keep stuff for all of three mm-hmm. years in most of these black boxes. So the XR 16, and XR 20 hold the V fifteens, V eighteens, and the V thirty five S. So it is the short version of the V thirty five. But if you're watching on the video, I have both right behind me. This is the V or the XR twenty mm-hmm. on stacked under a XR sixteen, and then to this side is the V seventy version. So really, to house some of these, some smaller colubrids, their entire lives, you need two racks. You know, like that V70 will house like, a lot yeah. of stuff. And, yeah. The thing people yeah. don't also realize is that you don't have to all, like with the XR16 and XR20, you don't have to use just a single tub. You can mix and match. So you can have a row of the yeah. 15s. You can have a row of the 18s and then the recipe 35s. Like any combination of those, it can hold what, like 115 and then an 18 or 215s and an 18? 
It's the way it goes is it's three 15s on one level, and then it's two 18s on another and 135 on another. So you can hold three, two, and then one, you know, just upgrading in sizes. And I've got all three sitting behind me right now. You know, my baby hogs are in the V15s. They're doing absolutely great in there, smashing. And uh, some of the grow out stuff is in the V18s, and they're growing out almost. Everything's about ready to get upgraded to a V35. And then I got some stuff ready to go into the xr55 rack that's in my living room currently which holds yeah. the, AR, the ars 55 tubs i cannot wait to get that thing rolling um it is a perfect rack for smaller ball pythons you know sub-adult to adult colubrids depending on how big you know if the colubrid is you know for those i think they can hold the yeah, i plan on holding like adult hot female hogs in them more than adequately um some larger you know corn snakes and Rat snakes, things of the sort. Uh, Pituophis for sure. You know, there it's a perfect tub for you know a subadult Pituophis. Um, so they, there's there's so many options. Anything you need, they they've got it. Like there's there's a lot of options, and you know for most of your colubrids, smaller ball pythons. A lot of people breed ball pythons in V70s. If you're into ball pythons, you all you need is two racks. You can house a lot of animals. And of all all Amen. kinds of sizes. Hey, even if you're not a rack person, there's a ton of cage options too. Ton of cages. We also have. Yeah, uh, I'm a huge fan of the Bio G's, and then the XA Bio Three is basically two of those Bio G's put together. Um, yep. And that's just they're such great cages uh, across the board. You know, I I they've done really well for everything I've kept them in. Sizes have been great. Lighting and everything has been awesome. Uh, and they just look good, you know, if, if, yeah, once they, they get the whole room looking whenever at some point when I can get rid of that giant habitat systems rack and just have a wall. I was about to say, can you imagine a wall of oh. just like two by two by two enclosures just all up there, man? Oh, dude, that'd be so sexy. Look really good. And I like really, that really they good. have the lighting set up, too, so that you can you have. Um, so like example. I have three black box cages stacked on top of one another. And then I have a stack of the bio G sort of set, stacked on top of each other, but they can all connect to the same power source. So there's like an octopus of sorts mm -hmm. of plugs that the led lights plug into. And then that plugs into, um, I don't know why my light just died. Uh, that plug <laughs> plugs into the wall outlet and you can control all those cages from one one plug so yeah i find that nice because they're all there like the leds don't draw a lot of power either which is is nice and yep. uh and better yet what you can do is if you're if you're running leds on everything you can go get a timer from your local walmart super cheap i use them and i love them grab you a timer for 10 bucks plug that timer in stick your power cord into the timer and you can run all kinds of lights all on the same timer and they'll all turn on and off at the same time so that's a it's a great option and there's just so many there's so many options with it you know between heat light uvb leds in every size you can get you can get heat panels if you want you know all the whole nine you know and then they're they're engineering behind their new heat tape design where they have the fail safe now is also just like 
it's it's next level stuff, man. I'm not a big heat tape guy. I hate heat tape. It it's it paranoids me. I've heard too many horror stories with it. That's why I run a lot of my Calubers ambient ambient. But if you're a Python guy, you need that. You need that heat tape on the back. Black box has a fail safe that if anything goes wrong, it reaches over a certain temperature, it won't let it. It'll either shut off or it'll keep it under a certain degree period you know and then on the on probe, top of that yeah, the probe holder too alone yeah. like that's just an it's a small that's huge a small tweak yeah. that makes a huge difference so they yeah. made a, the probe channel on the racks is now snaked even more so that basically the likelihood of it falling out and slipping out of the rack is yeah is very slim like you really right. have to not be putting it in there to yeah have that happen um and on top of all this the way they worked the the plug that goes into your thermostat that plugs into the heat tape so they put a it's it's a plug-in area at the bottom of your rack so they give you a cord i, I believe it's six feet long but we, they had some people that like wanted longer and whatnot yeah they made this plug to where you, it's just a universal cord computer, that you can it's a, yeah, cord, it's a computer like a cord. cord for computers basically what it is so if you want a longer cord you can just buy yourself one that's eight, 10 feet long if you need that and plug it up wherever you need to. You know, that was another thing. So apparently some people were complaining about six feet, six feet is plenty for me, but a lot of people yeah, but longer, I guess have the option because yeah, no, absolutely. my room, like the outlets are, yeah, they can be way kind of an odd spots yeah. on the walls. So yeah. So I you have can the option to get your own cord. Come on, yeah. man. Nobody, nobody else has done that. That's it's the first time I've, I've ever seen this, you know. And this is this is why this is the perfect example of as to why black box is making cages for y'all, for us. You know, they're not making cages because they. I mean, they love making cages, but they're not making it easy for them. You know, they're trying to come up with stuff to make things for us. You know, make things easier for us, and it's just I consider I mean, them like the the MacBook of of yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. Like they're meant, they want you to to be able to buy them and then last. They're not, they're yeah, not making racks that are gonna burn out in a year, two years, you know, three years, even like they want you to have to not buy more of them. Like they're there's no planned obsolescence going on with no. these. Like you see with so many other products, just in general, not even herp related, but like things that are meant to only last a certain amount of time so they force you to buy something new like that's not the case with with any of the black box stuff these are the highest quality pvc racks on the market for the price they're just as competitive as anybody else and they're that much better but that yeah. lead time that lead time don't even get me started on the lead time oh my goodness i'm talking you order it two weeks two weeks that's all you yep. get so you gotta get, you're not waiting six months. You're not yep. waiting six months. You're not waiting a year. I know people that waited a year plus for their system. Yeah, that's not enough time to get out of snakes altogether. From other okay? other people. Yeah, with the lesser with the lesser product. You are yeah, it's a worse product, and it's not getting there on time. You're not gonna have that black box. You're gonna get what you get two weeks time, best lead time in the business. Can't be then, it, man. Then there's some venom hot sauce. You the, hop best, on over to, the best hot sauce you can buy, baby. That's right. You hop on over to stevesnakesray.com, get yourself some venom hot sauce, grab the whole set, 
help Steve out. He's doing a ton of public outreach, uh, relocations, does some rehabilitations, takes in some unwanted pets, rehabs them, gets them into the right hands, uh, you know, does some snake removals in the, I think he's in, is it Treeport? I can, ne- I I can never pronounce it right. Louisiana. He's in Louisiana. And yeah. I said Trevport, Treeport. I butcher it every single time. <laughs> uh, but he's locally, he's doing a lot to, to help combat uh, bad information and, and teach the public more about these these ever misunderstood animals that we all love. Uh, SteveSnakeStory.com, get the whole set. And then FulviusApparel.com, also use the code THN at checkout. THN listeners and viewers like you get an exclusive 15% off of your order that you only get by listening or watching this podcast. I just put up that that obsolete shirt. I thought you were going to come and be here tonight. Otherwise, I would have had the ones that that ah, Mr. Brandon bought you. Man, yeah, Brandon, thank you so much, man. It is so much appreciated. That's uh, awesome that you that you got me one of those. I cannot thank you enough. He got you is. a corn star shirt, and then he's like, "I want to get him one of those Serratophora shirts." And I was like, "You know what? I'm gonna do you one better." <laughs> like, I'm about to drop. I'm about to drop this bad boy. Let me go ahead and, and make one of these happen. So awesome, man. Yeah, I, I really can't thank you enough, Brendan. You've been awesome. Thank you for uh, the support and uh, hooking me up with a shirt, man. It means a lot, you know. It's uh, and you got a corn star shirt. You got you too. Yeah, I can't wait, man. I'm gonna rep that cornstar shirt everywhere. My mother will yeah. probably not like it, but uh, it's gonna be okay. <laughs> You're an adult uh, now, dude. It's so funny. Anytime I mention cornstars to somebody who's not in the like in the community, they're like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, cornstars. They're like, "What is that about?" I'm like, "It's about corn snakes." Yeah, it's it's great. So. You know, I initially, when I decided to pick that as the name, <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. It's was so like, funny. Great. But the more I think about it and the more his time has gone on, I feel you like regret I, it a little bit. could have done better. I don't know. I don't know. I don't it's know so, it's really done. good. Like, it, it, it's a very unique name. I feel like it's one of those things, though, if a kid wants to listen to it and he tells his mom he's listening to Corn Stars, it may not go down very well. Uh, but, you know, I think it's very unique. I, I think it's fun, you know, like, I don't. I don't know what else I would have. I would have really called it, though, because. Tata's cast, you know, like uh, nothing else would have flowed as well, man. That just flowed so well. I don't know. I just thought it was the best thing because I was like, I'm gonna start a corn snake podcast and I'm gonna call it corn stars and it'll be amazing. And now it could, I mean, it could be the reason we don't get some guests. I don't know, but (laughs) it might be. Uh, but you know, if they don't have a sense of humor, do you really want them on? I mean, you already know sort of my policy. We're not in the business of begging people to no. join us if they want to. If they no. want to do it, they'll do it. If they don't, you know, it's all good. Whatever. Yeah, that's fine, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to ask you like three times, and if I if if I get the if I get the decline or sort of the runaround, like after a point, I'm like moving on. Yeah, that's fine, man. You know, that's. Anybody who's turned us down, you know, I, I get it, man. Not everybody, you know. There was a guest recently that I really wanted to come on, and uh, he gave me the maybe. <laughs> he, gave, he gave me the maybe, and then haven't heard from him since. So, you know, it, 
that's all right though you know some people just aren't about it everybody i we like to get people that like to stay in their corner you know like i'm not about getting the most popular people out there you know i want to expose all these guys that stay in in their small corner and you know but a lot of those guys also don't want to do it because they like staying in their in their mm-hmm. in their sector and that's fine man you know i don't hold it over anybody yeah i mean well uh, i mean to some people it's just like they're i don't know they're they're nervous yeah they're just not familiar with it maybe they're just like we don't do it live we do every now and then we do i mean aside from snakes and stogies like we make sure we let people know like it's not live because i know that can really be nerve-wracking people to get over yeah yeah because that's something that you definitely kind of have to do multiple times to sort of get used to um but yeah i mean it's it's, yeah it's whatever it's no big deal if it's just not someone's thing like i get it i don't that's fine one bit i'm not gonna be upset you know if it's it certainly wasn't my thing when we first started this. <laughs> I, I, I get it, man. It's forced adjustment. Yeah. Um, other than that, I don't know. We've had a couple people on Cornstars, though, that, that like Joe Peck. I really enjoyed talking to Joe. He was really sort of nervous, I think, about it because he'd, he'd never done anything like that before. And a lot of times it is the, the you know, the older generation uh of herpers that are just because it's sort of a foreign concept in terms of like how it all works like there's multiple hurdles someone has to get through yeah to be down with it like there's the technology hurdle alone of like how you know my internet sucks i don't know how to fix that like i don't know if i can use my phone i don't know if i can use my computer making sure you let chrome use your audio and your video like there's just for there's there's a lot of it's, right we try to make it as easy for people as possible and i think we do a pretty good job of that but yeah and it, and it is it, it, it some people just don't want to deal with the the headache of like trying to figure it out and it's like whatever i get it you know yeah and it is very easy if anybody's listening and we've asked you to come on you've been on the fence about it you know it's it's literally we send you a link you copy that link put it in if you're using your phone put it on safari you jump in type in your name make sure your mic's working you know, use some headphones with a microphone on it. And we handle the rest. Yeah, this is the, the, what I use here. Like when I'm at home, these are literally the Apple headphones that come with an iPhone and they work perfectly for the podcast. Like it's definitely not as high quality as it is when I'm there with you. But I mean, no, but it, those do a good job. No, they do a great job. You know, I, I tried using some wireless headphones before and I, those just, I, I, I did. A they're podcast. not there yet. Yeah, technology, I, I did a, man. I have some JLB wireless headphones, mm-hmm. and I used those for Reptile Talk like a while ago, mm-hmm. and it was great being able to you know talk with my hands and not deal with this cord. But I went back and listened to it, and I was so quiet, and I was like, "Fuck, man!" Yeah, like yeah, it's. it's just, I think when it's trying to like keep up with the video and the audio in sync, yeah, over Bluetooth with a battery life and stuff right. and just because i don't think i've ever had anybody either on the show or that i've watched on another show that was using bluetooth headphones or earbuds that it worked flawed. Right. it worked as well as as just hardwired stuff the like the only person that really did was a uh, kevin baron with mutant reptiles 
He was using yeah. wireless headphones almost the entire time until they died, and he right. was well, he was the crystal. Like they almost whatever, whatever he was using was perfect. The battery on die. those things is just not gonna last no. for you know the two hours that we end up talking, and it's like as soon as they die, then it's like a scramble of like right oh shit, or we get our ears blown out because all of a sudden that that computer mic picks everything. Yeah. There's a lot of fidelity yeah. like with with those, so you hear it's just looking yeah. like. Once I redo the room, I'm going to set up a corner in the, I'm going to set up a table in the corner of my room and get an actual laptop and a camera and a real microphone. So I don't have to worry about any of that. Once I I'm do almost home, positive. I have extra mics here. Well, that would be because I don't really get awesome. rid of anything. So like <laughs> that we've That's used the best way the to years. be, man. Like I'm using the sure, so I have another one of those Behringer mics that we use that you use. Oh yeah, that's right. That would that's be a perfect. great mic for anybody yeah. wants yeah. to be pocket for twenty dollars. Like those those that it microphone. Great, I was man. expecting that microphone to be straight garbage. But oh my god. I almost yeah. like it more than the sure that I'm using, which is like I don't don't I still five use times. one of the Behringers? Yeah. 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 Things are awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, I might I might buy that thing off of you once I get everything sorted in here. I mean, um, you won't have I, I we have I have this one. I've got the NXL 990. Like, I've got mics sitting right here next to me that are literally oh, cases are covered in dust. Like, <laughs> I will I've, absolutely I've got, take one for me. I've got stands too. Still, I think I've got all Sweet. the stuff. I've got everything. Sweet. Yeah, because I definitely want to get a little corner set up in here because. You know, ju even though Justin's close, it's it's still a 20 minute ride, 20, 25 minute ride. And I've got to work early. So it is nice to be able to do it from the house and, you know, be able to go to bed that much earlier. I can listen to music while we do it, too, when you're when you're remote. Oh, that's right. I don't know how you do that. There's people I work at a restaurant part time as a second gig. There's people who work phones and stuff. They listen to music while they take a phone call for an order. And I'm like, I can't do that. I can barely clean snakes with music playing in my ears. What? Like, yeah, dude. I man, I have a hard I'm doing time. water changes. I either got music on or I'm watching the office while I'm while I'm doing all of it. I just gotta have something to definitely <laughs> I definitely can't. Podcasts are different. I can listen to podcasts and usually music is fine. But I find myself a lot of times I'm just I'm just going with nothing, you know, just raw dogging it. Gotta have something I can it's, ignore. Nah, I don't see. That's the thing. I get to invest in whatever I'm listening to, and that's that's where it's like I can definitely multitask, but I have to not care about one of them. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Like the Office, that's why it's like I've seen the Office the yeah. entire series so many times. So many times. that it's like. I don't care if I'm yeah. paying attention. It's just on in the background. Like yeah. I put it on when I'm in the shower. Like I'm it's on all the time. Like it, that's I pay for Peacock just to watch the office. Like, that's <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you have Netflix? I don't have like, yeah, we have it, but I don't ever use it. Dude, you should, you should watch the show. Um, I think you should leave. I think it's, I've seen that on there. Dear, I don't get to use our TV very much because it's usually co-opted by by either the wife or or the child. So it's fantastic. It's so stupid, and it's like there's no plot to it. Like every episode is a different story, and there's like three stories in every episode. They're like eight minutes long or something, you know. And it's it is one of the best things to ever hit hmm. to ever hit the internet. It is amazing. It, it's it's great. I'm not even like a sports person, really, but they have those untold documentaries on there. 
Yeah. That are really, really good. I think I've watched every single one. There's a new new batch of them that came out not that long ago that I've not watched yet, but I freaking love those. They're so good because they're actually like talking about things that are that are interesting. Yeah. It's not just about how great someone was all the time. Like it was about like um uh, like the Tim Tebow era of of Florida of the Gators. Right. That's one of the newer ones I haven't watched yet. And then what were some of the other ones? Off the top of my head, I'm drawing a blank. Either way, it doesn't matter. You should check them out if you have Netflix. But what is happening over there in your your neck of the woods? You got some more uh, some more babies. The 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 last of the Mohicans are now out and about. Is that correct? Yes. So I found them yesterday, um, but I didn't have tubs, so I had to go to. Uh, the Dollar Tree today and get some more baby tubs um, and set those up. The red, um, the red lidded ones or the blue ones? Yeah, uh, the red lidded ones for the, Dude, for the I've babies. Got, I've got those everywhere in the room right now. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, hold on. I'm just sending a text real quick from my watch. All right, there, spaceman. Yeah, right. Where's your, uh, your jetpack, there, Zuckerberg? <laughs> um. Yeah, so I had my Pasco County baby's hatch yesterday, the day before. It was bad. Like I've hatched. This was my fourth clutch this year. It was only from two pairings, but I got double clutches on both. Um. So I had the last cl- last clutch of Pasco County's hatch, and I kind of forgot about the eggs, um, and so I didn't check on them for two days. And then I beep popped in here yesterday and just like looked on looked at it because I had just cleaned everything, so I didn't come in here for you know two days. So I've been crazy busy working both jobs and all that. Um, so I beep popped in here yesterday. I was like, oh, I should probably check those babies, and all four of them were out like completely out of the egg and i was like shit <laughs> which sounds bad but they're fine in the egg box for a couple of days not a big deal um so i let them hang out in there and i think there may have been one that wasn't out of the egg yet so i went over to dollar tree today and picked up some tubs and set them all up and dude i like it was those pasco babies were complete opposite as far as like sex ratios on the babies so i ended up with because i got four eggs there were there were four eggs that were good when she laid them and all four hatched ended up with 2.2 from those so from that from the two clutches i ended up with 10.10 babies which like you can't ask for better there was one female that i'm holding on to she's special i think she has a neurological problem um, she's assist feeding right now. She won't really eat on her own. So I'm hoping she moves past that and I can just kind of give her to somebody as a pet and she'll eat on her own. Um, we'll see if she doesn't get any better then I'm going to end up having to put her down, which sucks. Um, but it was a female. It kind of works out cause I have somebody who wants a lone male. So, you know, that's fine. 
Um, so 10.10 on those. And then with the white Oaks, I ended up with, well, what was it? 16 or 17.3. Um, there's one girl, there's, I mean, not one girl, there's one animal I have not sex yet because it was a late bloomer. I had the egg and it came out super duper small and I mm -hmm. didn't want to sex it. So I still haven't sexed that one yet. Um, so te technically I think it's 15.3.1, you know, which would be 15 males, three females and one unknown, um, just to verify the point system. If nobody, if somebody doesn't know, um, so, but yeah, it was a complete sausage fest on the white Oaks, which kind of sucked, but it is what it is. I'm key 2.1 out of all of those. Um, so needless to say, I have a ton of white oaks that need to go. If anybody's interested, I'll give you a deal on a lone male. If anybody's interested in those, um, and then as well as the Pascos, I've got two pairs that are going to be available, um, between two or three it might actually be three pairs available. Um, after I give some to Chris, my holdbacks, and then, uh, Preston's taking a pair. Um, so if anybody wants White Oaks or Pasco Counties, um, I can give you a pair of Pasco Counties or I can give you single male to White Oaks. Um, they're really, really nice snakes. Everybody's been super great. Um, so, but yeah, those hatched, you know, literally this week. So that was awesome. Um, little bit of, little bit of bad, also with a little bit of good. Um, my male, Pasco County. I know I've talked about him. He was going downhill. He did unfortunately pass. Um, so that kind of sucks. Um, but that's also goes to goes to say these are going to be the only Pasco County yellow rats in the hobby, at least for the next two, three years until I can make some more. Um, so if you want to get it on the project, let me know. Um, cause I don't have a breedable male anymore. I have to raise up what I got. So uh, if you're interested, definitely let me know. But yeah, unfortunately he passed. Um, I'm not really sure. I mean, I know why he just, I think it was the change of scenery for him. He was a wild caught animal. He was automatically super shy. Um, so him changing scenery was just, just fucked him up yeah. bad and that happens even with not wild caught animals you know that happens you know um they can be good for some animals who are eating they get a they get a plane ticket and you know sometimes they can start just i know that's happened to you before um but it was not the case for him he was already shy with the other owner sent him to me and i got him to eat twice and never ate again and he unfortunately passed i don't know what was up with him may have been old age. You know, that's the other thing with wild caught animals. He was a long-term captive, but he was caught as an adult. Um, so you never know how old he was. So it's, it sucks. It was pretty heartbreaking because he was a really, really nice animal. And you know, I feel kind of responsible for him passing, but it's kind of a part of the game that we all, we all got to understand. So trying to, trying to be in good spirits when we pass that, um, but on a good note, the female Pasco that was egg bound passed her egg. No good. Um, so that is no longer a problem. She's eating and thriving and just doing absolutely fantastic. She is 
one of the most docile snakes in my collection, which is kind of crazy for a yellow rat. I at least get a musk. Um, but after she passed that egg, I pulled her out, handled her for a minute, and um, no problems whatsoever. She didn't even she doesn't even musk. So she's one of the best snakes I got. She's about to get. I kept her in quarantine while the male wasn't doing too well, and then um, so everything in there is probably about to get pulled out of quarantine. Everybody's doing really well, um, so that's all fine and dandy. Um, other than that, man, I mean everything's pretty much the same. You know, everything from Daytona's eating really well um i do have some new stuff coming in the next couple weeks um i am trading some pasco counties for pender county north carolina yellow rats and then as well as another pair of apalachicola white oaks to add to the group i've already got or i only have a pair so it's gonna make 2.2 um so that's cool. Pretty excited about those. Hopefully adding a pine snake in the next couple weeks to put into my random mail that I got from Tony Mills. Um, so yeah, some new stuff coming in. Um, luckily not adding any numbers, just doing everything for trading really. And um, yeah, it'll be good. But a bunch of, bunch of, bunch of babies available along with uh, an adult Southern pine. So if you need a Florida locality, Southern let me know. I got a loan mail. It needs to go. Um, but other than that, everything's pretty much the same, man. Everybody's rocking and rolling, doing really well. And always hungry. So, yeah. <laughs> what about you? What's new? Corns. 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 Mother of God, <laughs> corns. <laughs> um, Incubator is turned off for now. The, uh, we talked about in the last Snakes and Stogies episode, which was the week before last, the second hypo clutch, uh, corn clutch hatched. And some yeah. of those, man, there's like at least two in that clutch that I definitely am going to hold on to for a bit. Um, those are all just really good looking snakes, man. They're, that that Both those clutches, all 22 of those babies um, all look real good. I had a couple in the second clutch that are that came out really small. Um, Damn, you ended up with 22 between the two clutches? I, I, yeah. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Might have been 21. Um, but they've all started to, they've all had their first sheds uh, while I was out of town. So I'm going to start offering first meals this weekend. Um, one of the two. Bairds from that two egg clutch eight, no problem. I haven't even offered anything to the other one yet. I just had a spare, a spare live pinky that I offered it and it disappeared. So that's good. Hey. Yeah, that's great. Everything that I got from Daytona is still rocking and rolling. Uh, everything from Joe Peck is, is still doing really well. Um, just, you know, everything that stuff's in quarantine and we're starting to get to the point now. It's hard to believe that next month is, is going to be November already and to start cooling stuff down again. Yeah, I'm already like, holy shit, I just got my last clutch and or I just hatched my last clutch and yeah. it's almost ready to go into cooling again. So it's it's about to start all over. So um, And we're actually getting some consistent fall weather. 
Yeah, surprisingly, obviously, it's a little late for being where we are. You know, it's we're a pretty southern part of South Carolina. So. I think it's showed up. I mean, people sooner than it has in previous years. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, sooner than normal. But I'm talking like for people in like North Carolina and more than northern states, it's done been cold up there. You know, we're just now starting to get some cooler weather, which is rare for us. But it's definitely going to get warm again. That's always a gimme. You know, it gets cold for a little bit, gets warm for a little bit, and it gets cold. Kind of goes back and forth. We'll see. Yeah, hopefully it actually stays cold. Maybe I can actually cool in December this year. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully I'm – with any luck, man, I might actually – I need to send a shed off. I have a – I have a Hernando County animal that probed female, but it probed female from three people who don't really know how to probe that well. So it probed female. Um, It has not gone into a shed ever since I've had it. So I'm waiting for it to go into a shed cycle. Mm -hmm. And uh, which is weird that it hasn't gone into a shed because it's been a while. It's been several months. Has not gone into a shed, so I want to send it off to Rare Genetics and just get a verification on the sex on it. Um, but with any luck, it might be another new locality of yellow rats coming in that I can offer available. With any with any luck, we'll see. I still have to send um, off all the rhino sheds. I saved all those. That's good. Oh, I just haven't gotten around to actually doing it. Nice. Yeah, I, I I was pretty confident. I've been pretty confident with my rat snake babies. Those I don't really question. I've gotten pretty good at popping those. But man, those rhino babies, I would yeah, be so, I would be so scared them, to pop any of those. Uh, but I noticed today with the because it was only a small clutch. I kind of tried to look at the tails of my these rat snakes that hatch, and I was actually right on every one. Mm-hmm. that was at least male. I looked at the tails and I was like, this looks like it's going to be male. And sure enough, popped out two hemis and um, the other two looked a little thinner. I was like, I think this is going to be girl. And I didn't get them. Um, of course, girls have a habit of turning out to be males yeah. down the road. So we'll see. Um, hopefully they stay girls, but yeah. So it's, uh, let's hope, man. Do you see any like, variations in the tail lengths on the rhinos or uh i mean i'm sure someone like like most or stone could given how yeah. many they've, they've worked with but to me their right. tails are so freaking long as is right that it's 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 tough um i got you i think i mean as they get to adult sizes it's a little easier to tell just because the females tend to they seem a little more uh a little heftier a little Yeah, I was going to ask as adults, do the females get bigger than the males or vice versa? Uh, I mean, so far with what I have, it seems like they're like the weird thing is, is they're they're similar in length and stuff. It's just the Mm -hmm. males seem to be more streamlined, a little thinner. Okay. even if they're on the same feeding schedule, I don't know. The females just seem to be a little more thicker and just a little more built. Yeah. I think it's really weird how depending on the species that is the case. And it seems like more with more with colubrids, the males get a little bit bigger. And then mm-hmm. with boids, the females get a little bit bigger. And yep. I think that's kind of interesting how that goes. Like with Pituophis, 
the males normally get a good bit bigger than the girls. Mm -hmm. But with carpet pythons, I mean, my females dwarf my males, you know, so it's... I, I just think that's cool, you know, something to look at mm-hmm. species by species. And I know with like dry marcon, like with um, um, indigos and um, why can't I think of the other big dry marcon? Creebies. Creebos, yes. Good Lord. I know with them, the males get way bigger than the, than the females usually. Um, so... It's just kind of cool. Something I like to ask with like different species to figure out, you know, kind of what's what. Um, I don't know. I mean, with with corns, I've noticed that that eight or nine times out of ten, my females are have way more size to them than the males do. But I also tend to feed the females more than I do the males. Yeah, and that could that could also be a hobby thing you know, <laughs> with that. Cause I've got a oh you know, you've seen old Rico um, Rico Rico is a massive a yellow big, rat snake and he's a he's a male I mean he's oh. every he's every bit of six foot long you know he's huge um, and so I think with yellows and you know most of your North American rat snakes I think it's almost the same about like because there's some species that like the males and females don't really vary a whole lot but I think with some of these yellows like the males may lean a little a little heavier but not by a lot you know kind again it's kind of depending on the Mm -hmm. girl Um, so it's just it's just funny to see that variation of all the species and it it also raises the question as to why. Like yeah, why, I mean, there's, why there's is a biological there's a biological answer for for each each right. case you know that's what's what's interesting about it it always makes sense for me as to why females get bigger because they have to lay eggs and et cetera et cetera mm-hmm. but I've always wondered why in some species males are the bigger of the individuals but mm-hmm. yeah I don't know so if somebody has an answer for that you know doc Wyman let us know. Let us know, because I I am genuinely curious why males would need to be big. I'm sure it's multiple factors. I think it's probably oh, yeah. it's natural selection over you know however many millennia, and then um you know species. When I think of like dry marcon and stuff, that's that's stuff that that has pretty large territories in terms of movement and stuff, and so I think you kind of have to be the the bigger guy on the block to to really yeah. things down. So. Yeah, if it's more um, of a ter- if it's more of a territorial species, because I know male king cobras get a lot bigger than female king cobras, and I mm-hmm. know those are a very very territorial species, so you know they kind of have to be the ones to fend off any. But it's anything. I mean it's the same way with tarantulas though, because because female tarantulas live way longer than males do. They mm-hmm. have way more body mass than males do. Oh, uh, so females get a lot bigger. Females. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, they get bigger, I think, more so in terms of, like, weight and mass. Like, males will have, like, a big leg span, depending on the species, but they're so much, like, lankier and, like, thinner. And yeah, once, they're, once they've hit, like, that penultimate size where, like, they've hit their final molt and they kind of, like, they're now on their clock of, like, breed or die. Right. Um, Like, for that reason, those males, like, their existence is pretty much too carry on the species <laughs> right like they're kind of they're like gone in a flash like they're here and they're gone that's like crazy they're, they're meant to sort of reproduce as quickly as possible assuming the female doesn't decide to eat them afterwards 
you know, so like species, I think like that, that maybe are smaller and, and have shorter lifespans. Uh, like they're, they're smaller because they, they gotta be, they're more active. They gotta be out and about. They gotta carry on, you know, pass, right. on, pass on the genes before their clock runs out. And Well, do they get big quicker? Like, do they grow faster than, other species like i mean not other species, like no. females like do they get bigger quicker i not i don't not in my experience okay. um because you don't really know the sex of them some people can look at the molts and, and tell you what's a male and what's female it's kind of tough takes mm. some practice um but it's like not until they hit sort of a certain instar like a certain size after after right. a certain molt that you can look at and be like that's a male like they'll okay. all look female up until a certain size and then once they molt and it's a boy, it's very clear that it's a male because they have, like, no color to them. They're, like, really leggy. Abdomen isn't very big. Like, they're just, they look like a... I got you. Like a really creepier version of a of a tarantula. I don't... What don't about with... Uh, females are, like, females are big and stocky and, you know, colorful and right. things like that. Scorpions, um... Is there very much sexual like dimorphism in those? In with, some like, species, so like the like the flat rock scorpions, uh, the males have like crazy long tails in proportion to their body, okay. like almost the same length, if not longer, than their actual body is their tails, and then the females have like a short, stubby little tail. Okay. Um, but there's but also, as far as like body have, mass, though, are they pretty uh, similar? Or? Yeah, I think your males are typically going to be a little a little thinner. Females, okay, I think tend to again remain a little stockier. They hold weight a little longer than the males do. Yeah, it also depends on how much you feed them. Um, yeah, it also it depends on you know what instar stage they're at. Um, huh. It's it just it also it depends. You know, there's some species that the only way you can really tell is, is sort of the thickness of the, of the pincers of the, um, you know, the oh, medium, I'm, mediness I'm, of them. on males, the pincers are normally a little bit larger, like aren't they? Thinner. Oh, okay. Thinner. Um, some species it's more obvious. Some species it's not, again, I think it depends on what part of the world you're, you're looking at and what species, but Definitely not the same as far as like the lifespan difference in males versus females and scorpions, which is interesting. Do males live a lot longer? No, they live about the same. Like this, the playing um, field is pretty even with scorpions. Uh, okay. um, spiders, it's I mean, it's like that across across the board with spiders. It's like the males are always tiny in comparison to the females, and they are there to procreate and then they die and that, die. that's their job like they've accomplished their mission yeah and I, and I would think that's because spiders have so many babies mm-hmm. you know like there's really not a need for the male because the new offspring are coming right behind it you know there's, I mean I think that's the there's same, so many spider babies same <laughs> with chameleons it's the same reason I think with those like there's a reason they have a ton of eggs and they don't live very long and it's because like they're right. there to make more of themselves and then they're gone like but see that's a little different I, I feel like with chameleons because the females don't really live longer than the males as far as I know pretty sure the lifespan is about the same on male versus female but i, I don't know that for a fact but. yeah but i'm saying like in terms of like their their mission is to right make yeah more of themselves and that is that is kind of it like they're there for, right. for pest control and so they're they're 
main goal is to do that and then make more of themselves and then repeat like you know it's actually kind of funny to not funny but it's weird to think about that because you know like tricolored hogs are known for a ton of clutches they they produce 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 but they're also very short-lived species you know i've i've heard that like eight years i think there's something eight years is like old old for a tricolor hog and yeah i think that's the oldest i've heard of is 10 years i i tend to notice a trend with the species that that reproduce like crazy like that they very proactive they they tend to not live as long as a lot of other species like they just it's it's a it's a bird shot out of a shotgun so yeah it's like your your main goal is to cover as much area as possible and, and hit as many targets as you can with one, one shot. Right. And I wonder if that's why, like, not really like because they produce so much is why they die early. I think it's more so like they die early because they produce so much. Like it's the species that have a shorter lifespan that have a very high, you know, uh, reproduction rate. Mm-hmm. You know, they produce so many because they are going to not live as long as other species, you know, whereas because let's, you know, most snakes should live a minimum of, you know, I, I hate to even say 10, but a lot of people don't have snakes that live past 10. Snakes should live 10 to 20 years on average plus, you know, um, at least majority of them, but they all have, you know, one clutch, a little bit smaller, you know, but tricolors with only living, you know, five to eight years on average. But every year they produce, they're rolling out three clutches of 10 plus, mm-hmm. you know, like it's, yeah, that's a, that's a lot of babies in a short amount of time. So, I mean, there's, there's got to be something to that, you know, like there's got to be. That, yeah. That, that I mean, like the, the cyania, I think we're, we're like that to a degree where like, she double clutched without, uh, without a single hiccup. Like, yeah, like it was nothing. And I think that's a species that you see is very common in their native range. And I think that's not necessarily like I think they they don't they're not short lived in my opinion. I You're think right. they live just as as long as pretty much any other species. But that's just a natural driver for that particular species in that area of the world. Like they're they're there right. and they reproduce a lot because they have a job to do in the aspect of pest control. And there's yeah, and so like they naturally are like I'm gonna continue to reproduce until I can't because that's what I'm what I'm supposed to do. Right. And uh, then you have like the tricolor hog thing where it's like we're just gonna not live a lot long, but we're gonna put a million of us out there. Right. And I think that there's definitely not like there are definitely species that produce a ton and live a long time. I'm not saying that's the correlation, but it seems like the correlation is if they live shorter lives. Then they're gonna they're gonna be one of the species that is very, you know, proactive as far as yeah. reproduction goes. Uh, so I don't know, something fun to think about. I don't know. This is this is the type of stuff that, <laughs> that always goes through my brain. Like, yeah. why does why does this happen? You know. And, well, it's uh, to me, it's also it's interesting because like there is a reason for it, whether yeah. we know that reason or not. Like there is there is a cause for it. Like there's it's right. not just it's not random and it's not by coincidence. I don't think, I think a lot of it is there is a biological driver to it. Yeah. And I think, I think with some species, you know, like with the cyania, I think with that, 
a more reason that they produce a lot is because the predation on them would probably be pretty freaking high. Um, you know, there are smaller species. Um, yeah, those babies. You know, come out they're, small, yeah, they're easy. They're easily preyed upon. So I think they're, they're, there's a correlation with those animals that are extra, extra small. They'll probably produce, you know, extra babies Which, because of that. Of, Terry Phillip just hatched a clutch from the pair that I sent him. There you go. And that same pair, that female. Nice. Rocking and rolling. And I told him, I was like, was like, be prepared for her to double clutch, man. Like, she ain't going to miss a beat. That's awesome. But I think he had 100% hatch rate on him. Very good. Just great. Those are such cool animals, man. Like, the whole Boyga, mm-hmm. the whole Boyga genus is super fucking cool, man. I, yeah, I think I, I got I, out of those I just, a little. I, I I jumped the gun on a little, little prematurely. Prematurely. Um, I mean, I guess it kind of works out because I I don't have the space for those again now. <laughs> but right, one day it'd be nice to sort of get back to them because I did enjoy breeding them. You know, the babies were fun to to sort of get established and watching them. You know, get defensive and gape and act like little badasses and stuff was cool. And fortunately, my my pair was pretty easy to to work with they weren't a handful or anything like that the female especially was pretty mellow the male was a little a little more high strung but you know they were they're pretty easy to work with if you got back into boyga would you get cyania again or would you try something um i'd probably get a, a pair of them again yeah and then i definitely you know my original plan with with getting into that genus and sort of pursuing it was to get into melanota and some of those other other species um which melanota are the mangrove yeah that's like the big melanota those are the those are the big boys but then i mean like the the blackheads the um sulawesis yeah those are cool uh, there's a handful of species there, man. There's so many species in that genus that that we don't have in the hobby or even in Europe. And we probably never will unless India decides to open their borders, which I doubt is going right. to happen in terms of export. But if you like that genus is so much cooler and bigger than people realize. Yeah, right. There's so many species, man, that I had no idea existed until I started digging more into that genus. And it's just mind blowing. Like some of the, the stuff that, that, is in India. And one of the reasons I like India is so high on my list is like, there's so many species of Boyga that I would love to go there and see. Yeah. Um, it's such a, it's such a cool genus, such a unique genus. They were, they were really fun to keep. Um, really just interesting fucking alien like snakes, man. They're just, they were like something from another planet. They're just odd. Like giant heads and their giant eyes and, tiny yeah. tiny bodies <laughs> yeah yeah and the scales like on them too like the skin they, they have this like these really big plate like scales that run right along their spine down the back right and i've always been curious as to sort of what the what the purpose of that was for um it's just it's a cool it's a cool genus same with toxicodryas there was uh that's like they used to be boiga at one point it's like the african version of boiga basically um, you know, there's the the blanding eye and and the uh, pulvery lenta, I think is the the name. But I've seen more of those uh, for sale and stuff in the last couple of years, which has been kind of cool. But there's uh, the multi and the boiga, 
the divergens obviously are freaking incredible. Um, and I know we can't have them, but their regularis are cool as shit, man. Yeah, especially I, the Aussie stuff, man. Oh, uh, man, the I would love to get, get some get. of those. those. Those night tiger forms are just yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, they're so cool. I, I don't, we can't have them here, can we? Mm-mm. No, yeah. That would well, be I such a cool species. I think it's one of those, like, don't ask, don't tell species, but, well, like, the, I know. The funny thing is, is, like, they're banned in Florida. Yeah, for sure. But I never see, like, why would they be banned in Florida if you can't even really get them in the first place? Right. I don't know. Because but... they're native to, but they're native to Papua New Guinea as well, aren't they? They've got a, so there's, like, a, there are now two species, technically. Oh. And there's this sort of bowl that goes between Australia and Indonesia. And I, th- I can't remember if it includes Papua or excludes it. But basically anything inside of that that bubble is like the Australian forms that we all love. And then everything outside of that is the quote unquote new species. And it's the stuff that isn't like banded necessarily, like sort of the more drab brown, right. orange kind of looking irregularis. Um, I'm trying to remember what the new name is for them. But shit, that would be fine with me, man. I'm a I'm an Indo guy when it comes to boids, and it would be really cool to get an Indonesian regularis mm-hmm. but probably not gonna well, the whole genus is awesome man so. yeah, yeah the whole genus is sweet man it's a really yeah. rewarding species and breeding them i mean breeding them was the cyanine in particular was was actually ridiculously easy <laughs> you didn't even do anything with hatching those. wasn't a problem um yeah. you know the sort of the only struggle was getting babies established but even then that was just kind of a assisting tails until right. they decided to start taking off on their own which got me really good at assisting tails <laughs> yeah to the point now where it's like i can do it in you know 30 seconds like i was about to say you can do that shit with your eyes closed now yeah i'm uh doing that with that baby chondro from olsen that i got your assisting yeah. tails yeah yeah until okay. it sort of decides to start taking off i tried sending with with chick down and nothing um, I don't think I tried frog leg. I wanted you should, to. You should give it a go, man. I, I wanted like to, but I didn't. Would be a... I was too lazy to pull out a leg, thaw it some, cut off some meat, and then put it. You know, figure out what the hell to do with it afterwards. But yeah, you should give that a go, man. You know, because I feel like, especially green trees, I feel like lizard and frog scent would probably go the farthest because mm-hmm. in the wild that's going to be the most natural food source. It's very t- very tiny frogs and very tiny yeah. lizards, you know. So like, Kevin Kevin Barron sent me some leopard gecko skin to scent for the rhino babies cuz that worked for him on some. Um, and I actually tried that with that that green tree and I didn't get much of a reaction either, but it's it's a runner, so that's kind of the issue. It doesn't strike. Right. It's not a, it's not a high strung baby that's like striking constantly. It's it's a runner. So those are kind of the most difficult of the bunch to sort of really get yeah. off the ground. But um I mean it's it's growing and it seems like it's it's doing fine. I'm not having any issues. It's active at night and stuff. It's doing everything it should do. Yeah. It's just a matter of, of the waiting game now. So it's the waiting game man. Yeah. And something else I thought of was like taking a rat, like one of the the bigger rats, and cutting those like the frozen ones and cutting those tails into like bigger chunks. 
That's what a that would be a good alternative to like a that's pink. What, that's what Preston does uh, with uh, Converse Constrictors and Smoky Mountain Feeders. He does rat tails, um, at least like partial chunks because they're just like a little bit bigger, a little bit more protein in there. Yeah, there's a lot uh, more substance to them for sure than yeah. mouse tails. It'd be a good alternative, man. Yeah, especially if you're already feeding. You know, if you wanted some, you know, I don't. You don't feed any big rats, do you? Well, no, I, I feed mediums every week. So if you wanted a medium rat, I've tail, got some rats in the freezer now that I just, okay. I need to need to bag them up still. But well, if yeah, you need, your, like you if you need to up, get ready of them, let me know. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, I'm not going to do anything with them except for I need, get for tails. But I need some big ones. I got plenty. Let's go. But I think like taking one of those and cutting it like a, a decent size piece of, of a rat tail, at least like towards the base, you know, that's, Oh yeah. That's gotta be sure. more, if not, you know, the same amount, if not more substance than a, than a pinky. Right. Pepper. And I feel like it would almost be better because it's not as long, you know, like it, it gets down into the stomach a little easier, you know, mm-hmm. um, versus, you know, a longer piece of mouse tail. Uh, but yeah, I think you should try it, man. Think it'd be a good, a good source. Um, I watched one of the rhinos eat eat a rosy last night, which I thought was pretty cool because I haven't actually seen them eat it yet. It's just been one of those things where I put it in there and then I come back, you know, two hours later and they're just gone. Yeah. So I went to I went to PetSmart yesterday after work. And I guess they're short-staffed, and I ended up waiting around for about a half hour to get some rosies and some crickets for the for the Ackies. And uh, I guess the lady, out of pity or just thanks for, for waiting, gave me like eight rosies instead of the four that I needed. And then <laughs> like... Uh, like 40 crickets instead of the 20 that I needed. She like just put them, she didn't even count them. She's like, here you go. Yeah. I was like, okay. Um, and so I ended up giving each of the rhinos two rosies because I don't have anything else to do with the other ones. Like, yeah, fuck it. The freezer, but they're not going to eat them because I've tried the frozen thawed rosies before and they wanted nothing to do with them, <clears throat> which sort of just cements the thinking that it's all about the movement with the, with right. the rhinos. Um, but I watched one because they haven't eaten. It's been probably two weeks since I fed them last because we were gone out of town, you know, last weekend. Um, but that was good because I think it also gave them time to get get kind of good and hungry. And and I watched one catch one of those rosies. And you would think that that would they would struggle with that and that it would take a while. Dude, that thing grabbed a rosie and downed it in like less than thirty seconds. Jesus, like like from like. In the water, you know, ambush standpoint to going into the water. It was just in the water, Holy like shit. it was sitting there, and I saw it watching them. It would like because they do this thing where like when they're watching something, they like twitch their they head like little, this, or like they're scanning. Twitch. Yeah, and so I watched it grab one, wrap it briefly, and then eat it, and then it waited for the second one, grabbed the second one, and <laughs> ate it. And then I went. Yeah. This, I woke up this morning, and there were still two or three of the five that hadn't taken yet, but then I came home from work and they were all gone. Nice. So that'll be good. That'll put some, some nice weight on them. And then I can, I'm going to really start 
offering uh trying to get pinkies going on on, on i'll say do that do that I've pinky won. in the water trick man i've tried that a couple times man and it just doesn't just give him a little know. time give him a little time keep on trying it it doesn't uh it's just not that simple i don't know this has been a learning experience which is good um i got one to take a pinky about you know two weeks ago before we left the weekend before we left and uh so that one i feel like is going to transition it's getting to the point now where it'll start moving over and then the other ones you know i've offered it to them and there's just no real response but now that they're kind of starting to get a little bit of size on them and and they're getting a little bit of mass to them i you know i can move away from the the rosies a little more because i they can i think they can more comfortably take a pinky now that they've got got to lose a little bit of size to them because even day old pinkies and in, in comparison to baby rhinos are still a pretty decent sized meal yeah you know yeah for sure uh, so we'll see but um yeah just a ton of babies i gotta yeah start figuring out you know a game plan with all these hypos um I have the twins together. I got twins out of that clutch, that second clutch. Yeah, I heard so about I, that. I kept those together That's just so I could I could keep track of them in in comparison to everyone else. Um, and then I actually I ended up preserving that that two headed one. Nice. I finally got around. I put it in the freezer and I I preserved it the other night in a little jar with some good old Everclear. I like that stuff more than I like isopropyl alcohol. It's 190 yeah. proof, so I feel like it does a little bit of a better job. And uh, yeah, now I'm, I I have a ton of stuff available. If anyone has any any corns, you need corns, hit me up. Yeah, I'm straight up like on the. I'm about to start hitting some some people up that do like wholesale and being like, look, I will trade you. X amount of corns for an imported BBOC Gondra. Right. Like, I have no issues doing that. Like, I'm, I'm trying to downsize and I'm more than willing to trade as long as it's for stuff that I'm actually like wanting to work with, you know? So, and I'm sure you'd also be willing to, to sell a group at a discounted rate if somebody doesn't have something to trade. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm the same man. I got a ton of ton of babies that need to go. So I mean not a ton, but enough. So if anybody's interested, let me know. It's man, it's such an odd time right now. It's uh it sounds like in the in the Cornstars chat we were talking about Tinley because Eric Westmoreland vended and he said he had a great show. Like he sold oh. he sold a lot of stuff. Uh sure. he said it sounds like it was pretty much the complete opposite of Daytona which is interesting. I mean, I think everything that we've got going on right now with it, not really being a people aren't really buying a whole lot is, you know, obviously the economy overall is, is not great. Mm -hmm. um, I don't, I'm curious to see what happens next year. I think maybe I'm, I'm looking at the glass half empty, but I don't really see things getting any better between now and this time next year. 
Um, I think things are going to get especially squirrely as we get closer to the next election. Because most <laughs> elections, the economy gets a little wonky around election time. Right. Um, we'll see. I mean, it could, I guess it could could turn around who knows i mean it things of crazier things have happened but that's something we were sort of discussing in the in the group was like you know what what do we think 2024 is going to look like and a lot of a lot of them were were saying it they think it's gonna it's gonna pick up and that things are gonna sort of start going back to normal that currently what we're dealing with is sort of a direct response to covid you know, when we had stimulus money and we had all the other things and people had more time, they were at home more. Uh, this is sort of the, the opposite swing of that pendulum. And I think it really depends, man, like on the species you're working with. Because, I mean, I know yeah, I was talking to a buddy the other day and he's like, yeah, I just I just sold seven carpet pythons in a weekend. You know, like it's it really just depends. You know, it may have been, maybe one of those things. The big corn snake people bought out all the corn snakes they wanted. You know, during the whole COVID thing, and everybody had a little spare money and bought you know twenty, thirty corn snakes, and we're like, all right, I'm good. You know, like it's so it might be one of those scenarios. You know, it, it's really hard to tell. You know, I think some species are selling a little better than others. Um, yeah, I think it's a mixture. I think it's just a mixture of everything, man. Like, mm -hmm. it's, it's hard to tell, you know, there's going to be ups and downs just like with any business, you know, Eric was also saying, uh, he noticed, he noticed a, a good bit of like the ball Python breeders were kind of walking around eyeballing some colubrid tables. So he was yeah, cause I think switching over like jumping ship on the ball python thing which to me i don't i don't see anybody jumping ship but i see more people expanding that's that's no, kind of how i see it like i don't i don't think anybody's gonna jump ship on ball pythons i mean they're, they're never gonna like it's not gonna disappear but i think people that are right. doing it from more of a business perspective of like they're doing ball pythons and currently they're not being able to pay their bills with ball pythons are now starting to look at other avenues. Right. And that's what I mean. It's more so of an, an expansion of what they have versus getting out of something. Like instead of investing in more ball pythons, I'm going to keep the balls that I have and get more colubrids, you know, type of thing. Um, I'll be honest, if I was if I was a betting man and I wanted to get into a new species, I would get into false water cobras. That's that's one of the species I see kind of expanding a lot, you know, with how good um Zach Zach Lothman is doing with them. And I hope not. I yeah, it's one of those I almost hope not, but at the same like, time, like it would make sense. That's just me. That's just that's yeah. a lot of snake, man. There's a lot not, of snake. not necessarily just in the size aspect, but just like the personality and the you know, the food drive and the just you get a big falsy, man. That's a that's a handful. Yeah. If I had the space, I would one thousand percent have them. I absolutely love false water cobras and I would give up a lot of shit to be able to have them. 
And, but that's the thing. I like all the stuff I have, and I would have to give up a lot to have them. <laughs> so yeah. I'm not, but I do see them grow. I, I've already seen them growing in popularity. Um, you know, especially with you know the what all the stuff Zach's doing with them in the new book. Like I do see them growing in popularity here in the next next couple of years. But he's definitely yeah. been cranking them out. Yeah, I see those growing in popularity. I see Barons growing in popularity. Ew. Um, okay, not ew. Um, like a lot of guys at Daytona who had Barons did very well with their Barons. I know Sky had some available and he sold all of them. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's. Um, I see some of those kind of niche species getting a little bit more popular, you know. Um, yeah, I think it's it's been on that that sort of path for a, a couple of years now. I think people are yeah. starting to branch out and, and realize there's more going on than sort of the bread and butter of, of the of the hobby. But like I think your rhinos, if you post any of those babies available, I think they'll be gone in a New York minute. You know, oh yeah, I have people just, messaging me about yeah. them all the time. It's like yeah. you know, I've got one person that has been asking me about them like for the last, you know, since I started even pairing them. So he's going right. to get first sort of first first rights. Um, and he just needs a male. So that's part of the reason why I need to get these, these sheds sent off. Right. Um, but it's also been one of those things where I'm like, just check back with me because like, they're not even close to ready. So, right. Um, yeah, I, you know, I just need to get them sex. So I know what I got going on. And I also think a lot of this, like, every year we have more and more people coming into the hobby. Um, so I think as another generation starts to get a little older and get into snakes, I think we're going to see more and more people buying snakes. You know, like, it's there's every year there's more and more people getting into this. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just a matter of time for, you know, a bigger swing of a new generation wants to get into the hobby. And then it's going to go through a big, a big shift of, oh, a lot of people want to buy snakes, you know, and then it's going to be that way for it's three, three four, five years. You know, it's, it's a circle of life, you know, it's just, there's, there's ups and downs, man. And it's just, you never know. You never know. I, I mean, my main sort of the thing that I thought as far as, you know, the idea of of people that are purely in, in the ball game shifting gears into other stuff, you know, was like, well, that's kind of how we got to the point we are with the ball python thing. Yeah, and, and that so is like that if is we're just fear. gonna do that. And I see that happening with hog noses in particular. I, I see yeah hog noses are in my opinion. Uh, the only thing currently that even comes close to to the potential for the next sort of craze in terms of breeding, like we've seen with ball pythons. I mean, the only other species I see coming close to that is right now is hog noses. Like corns, I, I, don't I, think, I think corns are already there though. I don't really think they are though. I, that, from what I see, like corns, like at Daytona, there was just as many corns there as there were ball pythons. 
you know that's that's my yeah but i mean you don't opinion but dollar corns well yeah and but that's the biggest there's, thing yeah with hogs price. yeah there's, there's gonna the, be there's the price difference with hogs but i think as far as like a numbers level i think corns are right up there with ball pythons and i think that's half the problem with corns is there are so many corn snakes available with hogs, they're, the price is there along with ball pythons, but the numbers aren't there yet. But I agree with you in saying that I think hogs are going to get to that point. I think hogs have the, the pyramid scheme going on that that balls did at one point, you know, however many years back. I think we're at that point where hogs right. now have a couple of those morphs that are crazy expensive that you know a handful of people are going to get and they're going to breed and then that's going to work its way out and the more people and so the price is going to drop until the next thing shows up and then starts all over again until we get to the point to where yeah. we are sort of with with ball pythons and uh, it's just not there as far as different morphs as there are with balls like granted hogs yeah. are, like i think we're yeah exactly i think we're just scratching the the morph game with hogs you know i am into hogs on a very minute scale like i pretty much have what i want and like i'm good with just a few animals you know um but there's definitely not as many morphs with hogs but but we're just kind of scratching the surface on all the morphs that could be there you know i think balls really have the monopoly on different variations like there are so many morphs and ball pythons it's it's fucking insane mm. you know um hogs might get there they might not you know the ceiling might not be as high with hog noses um, so i think i see us running out of morphs before hogs or before balls as far as hogs go um but you know, I do see price drops coming down a lot. And it's it's so funny, man. You know, e even at looking at hogs from when I was first getting in, kind of not into the hobby, but like getting a little interested in hogs, you know, it was 2000. When I was in high school, 2013 or 14, more like 12 or 13, you know, a Superconda was three grand, you know. And now a super condo you can pick up for, you know, a few hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's definitely shifting that way. Um, but, you know, that's, time will tell, you know, if new stuff keeps coming, the more new morphs that come out, the more the older morphs get devalued. Uh, well, I, to me, it's the hogs have, have the rat race factor. Yeah, everybody's being chasing the, being chasing the first the one thing. to get the thing and then be the first one to to get it and cash out on it before it you know right. it drops. I feel like corns it doesn't like that's not really a thing as much with corns anymore. Like there's no one there's very few newer things coming out in corns that are that are demanding insane prices. Yeah, there's are like the payroll is has always been considerably short, smaller in getting yeah. into corns than it has with the hogs or balls in my opinion. Yeah. And I don't really know why, you know, might be, I, you know, with balls, I don't get it with hogs. I kind of get it. Cause as babies, they're a pain in the fucking dick, 
you know, like they are annoying babies. So I can definitely understand a little bit of a price jump with hogs and they are more desirable just because of the size with hogs, you know, they're much smaller species. So I do get that apart from corns, but yeah, with corns, I mean, there's almost no single gene or even double gene animals you can't get with, you know, a few hundred bucks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, I don't think there's a single gene corn that sells for more than three, 400 bucks. If that, so apparently the guys at NBK at Tinley over the weekend, um, they brought in a new morph from Canada. Oh, um, I don't think any, we don't have any like sort of background information on it yet to, to know exactly what's going on, but apparently the bellies are like completely black. Um, the pictures that I saw were pretty, pretty interesting. I think it's, they're calling it a matrix or something like that. Um, I don't know. That stuff kind of always makes me a little apprehensive just because of the number of like new morphs and corns that have come along. And it's like, Oh, it turns out it's an integrade or a hybrid. For me, it's like, is this not a, is this a new morph or is this a combo? You know what I mean? Like, is this a combo of like two or three morphs and you're slapping a label on it? And I haven't it seen is? anything like or it. Or is it this? Like it did look like something new. Like it, it right. wasn't anything recognizable. Okay. Um, I just like, I'm not going to be the first person to jump on, on that bandwagon and get excited about it until I sort of know exactly what's going on. Right. Yeah. And everyone should just, if you want something that, that holds its value for eternity, just get the Chondros. Be a higher class citizen. Yeah, be part of the elite. But I think with rats, rat snakes in general, you know, as far as corns, yeah, I see, I see the run, I see the run PNG. Remember when I used to do a Condro podcast? Yeah, that that was cute. (laughs) But I think with like rat snakes in general, whether it be you know corns, yellows, grays, whatever. I think those are always devalued for some reason, and I don't, I don't really understand why. Um, they're always they're not neon colored, but they they are though. My lemon male dude, he is lemony yellow. Like he's he's nice, man. You know the moonshine stuff with uh, with yellow rats. Um, they're they're Boy, nice. They're crazy looking, man. That- but Ultra they just have from Tony D shed the other day. And I just had to stop and stare at that mm, thing for mm. about five minutes. Cause I was like, my <laughs> God. Yeah. But oh. it's like, it's stuff like, you know, my, I've got an integrate. Everybody knows about my integrate. It, this thing is nice. It's so nice. It's a yellow gray integrate. This thing is just, uh, you mean, a grayish rat? No. Don't even, don't even get me started. Uh, uh. But it's like this pink animal, you know. In the, in the corn world, pink snakes are you know a couple hundred bucks. This thing is considered a trash snake by so many people, and just because it's an intergrade, impure, you know. Even though it is wild caught, you know, it's a wild caught animal as a baby. Um, but it is so stinking nice. So was I, Jake. but 
so so many people will just consider it garbage and or you know worthless but to me that snake is one of the nicest animals i have in my collection man isn't it so weird to me how fickle people can be when it comes to that stuff and i i mean even myself because it's like i'm not in like i like the ultras and ultra male corns yeah for a while i was really like kind of i like the look of it but the fact that it it was not 100% corn snake, just kind of like, I just, I it bugs very, it. I bugs me. I don't know what yeah. it is exactly. I just don't like the fact that it's not 100% corn. And it's like, it's small stuff like that, like those and those inner grades that you have. And like, those I, I don't, I have I don't one, like. I have one, I have one inner grade. But see, I think there's a difference between it being a corn and an emery eye cross. Versus a naturally occurring gray and yellow cross. Yeah, but you I'm know saying, what I mean. Like, like there's there's I'm, a pretty big gap there. I'm weird know? about that. But then we look at chondros. And yeah, I, and nobody we, gives no a shit problem about that. with it. I'm completely okay <laughs> with it. It doesn't bother me in the least. I don't know. I can't figure out exactly what it is. Because like carpet crosses, I have zero interest in. Yeah, I, I have no way. interest in I'm carpet crosses way. of any kind, whether it's like the albino brettles kind of thing, like same thing with the, the ghost alterna. It's like I count me out, but like chondros, I said, hell yeah. Like cross them all, put them all together at the same time. See, I can it's I'm almost odd. I'm almost the same way, just on a different scale. You know, for me, it's like if it's naturally occurring, it doesn't bother me. You know, like that that integrate I have of the yellow and gray, that's a naturally occurring integrate. You know, you can go and find those. That's kind of kind of where I'm never gonna get an RUBI no, cross that's naturally where, like, I don't really have it, you know, for me it that that doesn't do it for me. You know, like it really doesn't. If I got into chondros, I would love a pair of pure Jai Pures. You know, or even a pair of pair of Biox just out the gate. You know, like that. I would. Our I would take. A really nice yeah, I would take. But that's the more the thing. I, see I would those, take. The more, the more I'm on board with them. I would take a pair of pure Biox before I got a pair of some fucking designers, just because I love locality shit so much. You know. Um, you say that now. I know, and I will forever say that. You know, that's why when I bought my lemons, you know, when I got them from Tony D, I was like, hey, these are like pure Jefferson counties, right? He's like, yes, these, are, you know, some people have crossed them. I've even crossed them, but these are not crossed, you know, with anything. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, like that's good. You know, I'm all about, you know, the, pure locality stuff you know and whether it be a morph or not like that's fine that's why when with the morph stuff i have kind of i've tried to get all the all the more i'm trying to get all the morphs within like the locality stuff you know the pure the pure forms um but like when it comes to conjures man like i would love a pair of pure arus or jaipuras way before i got some designer shit you know, because I think there's, I think there's selective breeding potential in every locality that somebody else can plug into their 
designers and crosses, sure. you know, like yeah, that's no, just, I don't, I don't that's just the way there. I see it. That has yeah. become a very large <coughs> gap in, in green trees is like people focused on, on certain localities specifically outside of like the Kofi Owls and stuff. Um, it, it's become so much about the designer stuff, which I mean, it, yeah. it, I have no issue with that either. I like designer stuff just as much as I like locality stuff. They're beautiful, but man. They're super pretty, but there's a there's serious lack of attention yeah. given to the locality stuff, at least within the last, you know, handful of years. I think at one point, you know, however long ago, uh, you know, early 2000s, mid aughts, whatever, like, I think there were more people that are a little more focused on, on the locality thing and keeping things pure. And there still are a couple, but you just don't see it nearly as much when you do the designer stuff. And it's like, that's something that Billy Hunt has, has talked about that I've, I agree with. He's like, you know, everyone's gotten so preoccupied with the already existing lines. Right. Andros, um, that he's like, people need to, if they were smart, they'd start working on like doing their own thing with like, locality yeah, like forming like their own that's... line and trying to like do something new like he's like there's no one really trying to do anything fresh and existing like non-existent in conjures it's all like chasing and that's the, same the that's the thing with that like chasing the same bloodlines is fine we're not saying that's a bad thing but where i'm at with it is <clears throat> if you start your own like locality stuff on the side you know it may not be it's not going to be considered a line until you you know, pop out a, a sickness animal, you know, like nobody's ever get their own line, you know, until they pop out something crazy. But that also takes effort. The, I feel like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm not downplaying any. No, I'm saying like you don't get there without trying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like if you use, if you line breed certain localities for certain looks, whatever, and then you plug that into your designer cross and then it, it could potentially create something completely different because you have line bred. I, we've talked about this a million times before, but if you do your line breeding of localities and then cross it into something, you know, that is already crossed, it could make something that has never been seen before. You know, that's why like me, I'm not into crossing stuff. Everybody else is. I want to make something really nice. So that's pure. And then let you cross it into something and make something fucking crazy. You know, because then I played a part in that. No, it's not going to be Give my you the line. ingredients. Cause, yeah, because I didn't produce it. But like stuff with you, like, you know, I think the Ladies Island corns are a perfect example. You know, you've already seen the results of plugging some of that Ladies Island stuff into some morphs and seeing the difference in that. So if you, you know, imagine like once you really start breeding the Ladies Island stuff and then plug it, in, you know, give it three, four, five generations of line breeding these these localities of ladies islands and then plug it into a morph that could change the game completely, man. You know, like it may not make a new morph, but it can make a ghost corn or a, you know, a pied corn or whatever look completely different. Imagine your castanias in 10 years. Once you start plugging that into your ladies island stuff, I bet you they'll look completely different than any castania in the market. You know, like that. That's just or kinda... when I when I throw some of these babies back together in four years. Exactly. At Motley at Castanias, because yeah. I'm saving like one point two. I'm holding back like one point two of those because those got crossed into Ladies Island stuff, didn't they? Yep. Yeah, exactly, man. I bet you those will look unlike any other corns in the hobby. 
because oh, uh, because these ladies islands just have a such unique look to them man like that's where like everybody wants the the short term you know they yeah. want to get something they want to get something pretty now you know like start looking to the start looking five ten years down the road man and what you that's, could get the, di- the difference for a lot of people to do you know like you really it gotta, is you really gotta like something to stick with it that long i think that's yeah the differentiating thing because that's i'm i'm fairly convinced that's the reason castagna in particular didn't really get a ton of attention to begin with I think it's it's the fact that it's simple recessive, but also the fact that probably around a similar time where that came in, which I want to say was like circa 2006-ish. Could have been 2011. For some reason, those two years are sticking out to me. Um, yeah. Other codom, like in, I say codom, I mean incomplete dominant. Let's not. <laughs> when I say codom, it's the short form, short form yeah. version of that. So We don't have to split hairs. Other like that stuff kind of came into the picture and people were like, oh, I can breed this one generation in and see results immediately, like sign me up. And so like simple, a lot of that simple recessive stuff, I think, kind of got pushed to the side in lieu of like, yeah, you know, your your red factor stuff, your buff stuff, like not even buff necessarily, because I don't think buff is really given much attention anymore either. But, um, you know, all the stuff that you got, you saw the results within a, the the first clutch right you know people were were more apt to go for that rather than the thing that's going to make them you know it's going to take right you know six to eight years to see results from but see i think like even with like your recessive stuff the recessive stuff obviously takes longer you know that that's a little bit harder work but i think when you when you mix a specific line bread locality into that it makes it even more different man and i think that's just where that's just where things change you know as far as you know are you in this for the long run or are you trying to make a quick buck you know me this is gonna sound stupid but this is my this is my retirement plan like I, if I continue my job, I can retire before I'm 50. You know, if it goes my way, I'm going to retire when I'm 49 years old and I'm going to breathe snakes to the day I die as a full-time job. Whether it works out like that or not, I don't know. But for me, if I can establish my stuff to make all well, the shit the, different yeah, the foundation by then. Now. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, get that foundation in and then look ahead and do something else nobody else is doing you know like i think you're i think your ladies island stuff mixing you know it's a little different with me because i don't really work with morphs like that so it's going to be a little harder for me but you working with locality corns and then mixing that into morphs dude in 10 15 years you could have the same morph as everybody else but make it look just night and day fucking different man like it's well, maybe uh, that's the exciting part is not knowing yeah. that's going to be the case yeah. no and it could definitely be a bust you know they could predictability look exactly is nice the same. but there's also i like the excitement of not knowing what, yeah. what i'm going to get and that's i think that comes from the chondro factor of things where it's like you have no idea if it's going to be just a bunch of green snakes or if you're going to get something that looks you know that's got like six different colors going on you know, I like that not knowing, but there is something to be said for for predictability and and 
having had, you know, now with that hypo, that hypo batch, you know, of, of both clutches and not really knowing exactly what I was looking at, it does kind of suck because you, if you don't know the hats on stuff, it, it makes it really difficult to know for sure what's going on. And then when you're trying to sell them and saying like, I have no idea exactly what, what all is, is what pieces are missing from this puzzle, but they look nice, you know, you're in the sucks, but right. I mean, you also think like the lines that exist now, the reason they exist is because someone did exactly what we're talking about, where they saw some snakes they liked and they bred them and then they continued to breed those and build upon it. And, you know, now there's a reason there's love lines and Abbott lines and uh, Sherman lines and all those things, you know, it's because they were pursued and they were stuck with. And I think it's, you can also just as easily have the best of both worlds. You know, I'm, I have my locality stuff that I, I want to line breed and keep pure. And then I have the stuff of tying it into morphs. It's the same, like with what Billy Hunt does with the Peterson stuff. It's like, or, you know, the Carpondros are probably a better example. Like he has green trees and he's, you know, he has the ability if he so desires to produce more green trees, but he also has the ability to do carpondros and jagpondros. Yeah. So and I mean, like, that's... No, there's nothing saying you have to stick to yeah. one or the other, you know, it's just a matter of like, at least make it something you're, you're right. really into and that you're willing to be stuck with, you know, in the long term. Like I've got so many castanias now it's, it's crazy. And like, yeah. I've been tempted to get rid of almost everything corn wise that isn't castania or the locality stuff. Um, and a majority of it, I, I would, and I'd whittle it down a lot to, you know, mostly just the honey stuff, um, locality stuff, and then the castanias, uh, and probably some of the pied blood reds, because I have that female from Chris that that I'll have to put with that male next year, get some nice pied blood reds. Um, you know, it's just right. making sure you... you with the, the morphs in particular and stuff, like make it something that you're just excited to look at. Like there's yeah, sometimes, man. man, I walk in that room and I see those bins of castanias and I just got to open the drawers and look at them because they're just like, it's such a pretty, pretty morph in such a subtle way. And that's why I think if you, if you like both locality and morphs, I think you're going to be in the best spot. Like me, I'm, I'm really not into, the morph game as far as my passion goes. I like locality morphs. I like hog morphs. And that's pretty much where it's at. All those are going to stay pure for me. You know, I, you can call hog. You're not going to cross the hogs into the, the rat snake localities. Okay. We're not even going to go into that. Try it. But what happens, but what I, what I would love to see is somebody use my, locality stuff to plug into something else. It's like, just because I'm not into it doesn't mean somebody else shouldn't be. So it's like, I would love to see somebody say, Oh my God, like this gray rat. Yeah. I would love to see somebody say, Oh, this gray rat or this yellow rat looks amazing. I'm going to plug it into this morph and see what it does. You know, I would love to see that. That's not my thing, you know, so I don't really care to do that. But if somebody else does, fucking awesome, man. I, I would love to see that and see what my locality stuff can do to your morph projects. Like, that would be so cool. You know, like my locality morph stuff, like, yeah, I'm going to try and 
line breed those for certain, you know, or selectively breed those for certain traits and et cetera. You know, I'm going to try and make my morphs better. You know, I'm going to keep them pure. So I'm not going to do all this crazy crossing, but if somebody else has that, then I would, I would absolutely love to see it, man. You know, it's just one of those things. And I think poplin carpets are a really good example of that. Again, me, I'm just not into poplin carpet morphs. Like I'm not, I'm not a big morph guy, but I would love to see somebody say, oh my God, like this, this carpet looks amazing. I want to see what it looks like with granite in it. And I want to see what that looks like. You know, I want to see what it looks like with exantic, with exantic. I don't want to do it because that's just not my cup of tea. I want to make the best looking normals I can make, but I want to see what you can make with them with your morphs. Mm-hmm. you know or even your crosses you know whether it be you know hypo jag whatever like i want to see what you make with my stuff you know like that's that's my goal i want to do i want to be the base for somebody else because it's what i love and it's what i'm going to do like it's just where my passion lies and you know we preach all the time about do what makes you excited Morphs don't make me excited. That's just one of those things. Hogs, yeah. Hog morphs kind of make me excited. I like hogs. I like hog morphs. So that's kind of where I'm going with that. I have a very small number, but whatever. But as far as everything else, like it doesn't, it just doesn't really do it for me. So I want to see, I would love to see people use my stuff in their morph projects just to see what comes out, just to make that, that animal that looks completely different than anybody else's, you know? So. Money is temporary. Glory is forever. <laughs> it's not even for glory, man. Like I just, I just want to see people do awesome things. Well, it'd be cool just to be able know, to achieve their goals. Say, like you know, because I, I played a part in something that. ten years ago. Like I helped. Yeah. You know, my name is is attached to it somewhere right. along the along the line. You know. Yeah, for sure. I don't care to be the guy to make the first morph but i would love to be the guy that helps somebody else make a morph look a whole lot different you know like that's just that's you know that's what, my goal man i'm excited about what are you excited about buddy hopefully making making captive bread beox again that would be awesome man yeah that's something you didn't talk about your new female beox let's uh what's 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 going on with that yeah so a, a local Local guy was uh he's he's moving here soon and so he was he has a sm- very small collection of stuff and he had a, a green tree that he was trying to move and um he had it posted for a while since like April and he hadn't really had any bites on it yet and so I I finally you know I hit him up I was like anybody grab that yet and he said no and he uh made me a, a deal on it that I couldn't really pass up. Yeah. And uh got a five year old female Biok that is uh so far Katie's watching me right now as I'm telling this story. <laughs> Anyways. Huh? I didn't say nothing. I said you're watching <laughs> me as I tell the story. None. There was that one and then the one from Olsen. That is two. That's two. <laughs> it's a very small dent in the grand scheme of things. 
she knows how much I got it for. And even she has to admit that that was like a steal. That was a steal, dude. That cage was almost worth what you paid for it. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I, I emptied the cages empty. I don't even know what I'm going to do with it. She put it on the Facebook page, man. Interwebs. I got to clean it. Yeah. Needs a new, new lid. Like I said, you could almost make your money back what you paid total just by selling that cage. For mm-hmm. sure. With how much exoterras are nowadays, like, yeah. and it wasn't like it wasn't like I hustled him out of a snake or anything like that. Like he, he offered a price and I took it. So yeah, no, it's not. He definitely didn't do anything bad. <laughs> but what? Yeah, two. <laughs> No, I said he made me an offer and I took it. Get. <laughs> Go on now, get. Tell it all the time. It starts talking smack. Get. <laughs> you notice how I'm whispering that when I say that, right? <laughs> now she's like, <laughs> stop. I'm not whispering. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not mumbling under my breath. I'm not mumbling. Can you even hear her? Yeah, I can hear a little bit. I love you. I'm not. Anyways, five year old Beyond female. Uh, got her quarantined and stuff and I mean she like no signs of of mites or no signs of any respiratory issues like she's very much well fed like she's almost the same size as that that big female that I had a couple years ago that gave me that first clutch that's a big snake she's an absolute monster so sort of back on the on track for for hopefully some chondro breeding um I have the other ones are still together. They they haven't shown any interest in each other lately, so still just kind of in a holding pattern with them. But do you want that? It's uh, good. Do you want that four by two by eighteen cage back for her? If I can I, find room for it, I mean, stack it either under or over one of your other four by two cages right I'm, now it's still geez. got it's still sitting in my garage and i really don't need it so if you want it back she's in because i kept all my python portals because i'm smart and didn't throw them away like someone urged me to i didn't urge you i was not it. you I'm talking about my wife uh, i was putting them in the attic she's like why are you even keeping these i'm like because i'll probably need them you never know and here I am, digging one out of the attic the other day and cleaned it up. There you go. And she has two perches in that thing, and one of them is like half-inch PVC or third-inch PVC, and the other one's like the size down from that, and she's been sitting on that, and that thing is flexing. Oh, jeez. I had to put like screw in perch holders from Brahms because the magnetic ones could not hold her up. <laughs> and those magnetic ones are Jesus. supposed to be able to hold like 10 pounds. There's no way that thing's 10 pounds. 
There's She's no not, way. I'm saying like maybe it's ten pounds on two of them, so like five pounds. So like she was on one side, like those things would just like yeah. slide down the glass. So either way, I had to I had to swap those out for something that could support her because she's huge. That's I do. I need to come see her, man. That's that's a big snake. She's a beast. That's awesome, man. Well, if you make more beox, I might be inclined to snack one from you. I might. I, I kind of I have an itch for a chondro or two just to hold on to basically for you. I don't really want to breed them, but I want to have some on deck to plug into your stuff. So we'll see if you make some again, like I'm That's open to one. trading a very large chunk of corns for even like a baby Bioc import. Like I'll, I'll roll those dice. I'll I, ain't, those dice. I, ain't, I ain't scared. I ain't scared. <laughs> Anybody's listening to this. I'd be willing to bet. Let them know. You can make a lot more money on a big group of corns for a single baby Bioc than than the other way around. That's a very good point. Just saying. It's a very good point. I don't know. We'll see. But that's cool though, man. Like I'm glad that worked out. You know, I know you've been itching to producing conjures again. So it's uh it's good that it seems like that might be in the cards what, here. Twenty nineteen when I hatched those, that first clutch. <laughs> yeah. Like Freaking lifetime ago. Well, yeah, twenty nineteen, because we both you produced your first clutch of chondros. And I produced my first clutch of carpets the same year. That was yep. 2019. Yep. Pretty much back to back, too. They almost hatched at the same time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, yep. Dude, it's so funny thinking back to that. I still remember like the moment you called me and exactly what you said. I saw you call me because it was getting close and I answered and I was like all eager. I was like, hello. And you just said, they're here. <laughs> <They're here. laughs> because they started pipping and I immediately drove to your house just to look at them starting to pip and that was that was funny. little red worms yeah that was awesome man and look at us now a bunch Those of colubra were the breeders. days a bunch of colubra breeders now <laughs> a bunch of nerds yeah right oh man well was there anything um, else we were Wanting to no. feel upon. Uh, I was going to ask you kind of if there's anything else you wanted to add, but you know we'll save that for another one-on-one -on -one later down the road. I think we covered enough for tonight. Yeah. So good. Talk about future stuff down the road. I think one thing I do want to do moving forward is do a few more one-on-ones instead of trying to get somebody last minute. You know, let's just do one-on-one yeah. -on -one and you know just kind of shoot the shit. So. I think this was good. That's what we did this week, and uh, you know, I, I definitely enjoy it. So, well, uh, we'll save a few other topics for next time. That's um, right. But so this has been episode two hundred one, our first one after our two hundred episode. Um, and as always, this episode is brought to you by BlackBoxCages.com. If you're listening on YouTube, I have a whole stack of black box behind me. Complete with XR16, XR20, the V76 stack, V73 stack. It's all there. Best of the best. Best PVC racks in the industry, bar none. They're absolutely fantastic. You will not be disappointed. 
So check them out. Make sure to use code THN at checkout to save yourself 10% off. And that money does not go to us, just so everybody knows. That is just for THN listeners and anybody who wants to wants to get a little discount on their stuff. It'll save you a lot on shipping. Or you can also pick up if you're in the relative Georgia area. Definitely worth it. Me and Justin make the drive four and a half hours there, four and a half hours back um, about every year to go get our pickups. And uh, it's absolutely worth it. So if you're within a good driving distance, there is a pickup option at checkout. So if you can do that, save yourself some gas money. Use THN code THN at checkout. And then, as always, we have our fantastic sponsor, Steve Snakeshuary. Steve has been there with us from the beginning, almost. Um, he does amazing stuff with his, he's got Steve Sanctuary hot sauce. You can get all kinds of stuff. We love the cotton mouth sauce. Yeah. We need, we need to get some updated sauce. We still need to try the coral snake that he dropped a while ago. We have not tried that. Everything else we have tried. I'm not a hot sauce guy by any means, but I loved every single one of these. They're very, very good. So if you're not a hot sauce person, you want some flavor in your life give them a shot. They're amazing. They're all very, very good. Steve does some amazing stuff, rehabilitation, public outreach, um, all that good stuff. So check him out. He's also a first responder. And as always, check out Fulvius Apparel with my boy, Justin. Oh, Oh, man, you got to check it out because he just dropped the newest and greatest, most badass shirt he's made yet. It is obsolete anarchy. Sure. It is badass featuring a photo that yours truly took. And I feel yeah. very I feel very honored that, that that picture made it onto a shirt because that's probably the best picture I've ever taken in my life. So very glad that's on there. Check out all of his stuff. He's got some awesome equipment doing Doing stuff that nobody else is really doing. I told him from the get-go, dude, you got to do this. You got you to gotta fill that niche because nobody else is really doing it, making custom you know, reptile art you know, apparel. Um, we all love it. If you like reptiles, you're going to love anything he's got to offer, and he's probably got something in a species that you keep. So that makes it even Many better. more to come. There's about a million files on my computer of stuff that I haven't even started <laughs> working on that I have saved that i am got a got a plan for. So And you've got you've covered so many species now cuz like I'm I'm one of those people if I don't keep a species I'm not going to get a shirt dedicated to it. So if you are also like that, still check it out because he probably has at least something you keep. So I feel like a poser if I, I need got to have like more a rhino shirt or something. Non snake related like, stuff is what I'm sort of more focused on right now. I was trying to get more. Oh, general. you want to go hit the general public? Okay. No, like no, not necessarily. I just want to like diversify more because a lot of the stuff on there is like snake related currently. There's a couple yeah. of things that aren't. But I need to need to expand a little bit do you mean like more lizard related uh, or just more general Lonians, inverts i got you so just more herp herp and creepy crawly related yeah yeah i got you i got you well definitely check out everything he's got to offer y'all it's it is the best of the best justin doesn't like to think he's an artist of any kind but i can assure you he is 
posting some amazing stuff and check it out. You will not be disappointed. There's 100% something for you on there. So. Uh, I believe we'll be back Monday for Snakes and Stogies. Yeah. We didn't do it this week because Phil is herping with the NPR guys. Ah, so jealous, man. I wish I, could be down there. wish I could be down there. But doing trying to do my own herping around here, which I was, I got absolutely crushed last weekend with finding finding a dead a dead pygmy which was also the largest pygmy i've ever seen in my life i've seen a lot of pygmies in florida this thing was an absolute dump truck and it was a dor a like, flat flat dump truck still moving it was still moving we passed the truck that hit it and it was beyond upsetting but I also found my cane break for the year out there. So that was great. Uh, but hopefully more to come this year as weather kind of changes. But we'll see. Hogtober. We're in the middle of it. Yes, sir. Hogtober. We'll see if we can't get one. So. I haven't seen one in a while. I haven't seen I one. To see, I used to see hogs pretty regularly. I haven't seen one in a, in a minute. So I never found them regularly until like the last several years. I usually found at least one a year. This year, I have not seen one, um, so hopefully that changes in Hogtober, but we'll see, because if anybody knows me, I love hognose snakes. Those are definitely, like, top three favorite native snakes here. Eastern so, hogs, so, yes. so everyone knows. If I found a southern hog, I would probably actually piss my pants, but that's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But as always, thank you, everybody who tuned in this week and listens. We appreciate all the support. And, you know, we got, I got a lot of feedback from the 200 episode, a lot of people saying congrats. And I cannot thank y'all enough for supporting the show over the last, God knows, what, six years now. So it, it really, really means the world. So thank you all for listening and continuing to listen. So. Yeah. With that, we bid you a good night. Bye.